Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Corner Flag Talk Podcast. Happy New Year's, guys. It's the first time you'll be hearing from us for the New Year's, other than our Instagram post. And we gave everybody, including ourselves, a little time off over the Christmas period. It was a hectic end of the season, uh, end of the year, rather. And we're back again. We're back with yeah. new content for you guys. We have articles already prepped to come out this week. And, of course, we're here with Vigil and myself for the podcast. Vigil, how are you going? I know I hear chilling. And I just say Happy New Year to everyone that, that listening. And we hope the Christmas as well. But yeah, after all that hectic period, we're back now and we have a lot more new content to bring to bring forth for all you guys. So again, like I was saying just now before we started, Virgil people could say that we only want to do podcasts when we started winning uh, away. Virgil, I was telling a friend, one name him, because he was very upset this weekend about it, um, that you know, people just criticize Pep for being this checkbook manager. And there's a lot of times that they are right about it, right? But what people don't credit him for is being able to grill players into these attacking patterns and movements yeah. to open up teams. And there was this period to, in which they scored their three goals against um, Chelsea that the patterns were just beautiful. Yeah. It was just beautiful. They could not touch them. And if we've been real, City uh, was avoiding a very well-pressing Chelsea side. Chelsea actually pressed really well. Yeah. They just... It was like when you used to play bass and they pumped dog exactly. that you couldn't take the ball off of them and it was just like that in that first half. What was you know what was your feeling like about nah, that game? Basically, I bring up the bass reference that people was talking about. People saying the way how City look, they really look like prime Barcelona. And from I just say you know I had to give credit to, to the tactics of Pep because how this is like like um City City or two years ago. Yeah, the way that they play. It, on paper, it'll make the next team look like they will outperform. When realistically, mm-hmm. this Chelsea team, this, if this performance this Chelsea team puts in against anybody else, mm-hmm. this would have this would have more likely end with a, a victory in Chelsea favor. Correct. Because Chelsea did not play foot any any terrible football, but it's just that level that Man City could go where everybody pressing and just making it difficult for even the best teams. And you're seeing it's a one example if you want to bring up how pep tactics could really change players. Yeah, just look at the performance of Agundoan from that entire game. From him being a holding midfielder, playing mostly holding midfielding role last season. And now we're seeing him just drifting further forward. Time and time we always talk about the effect of David Silva leaving. And although Gundogan is not on that level yet, you could see from him being there to just dictate plays, you're seeing him getting into the box, you're seeing him cre- him just creating moments out of nothing. Yeah. Just turn, just quick turns on the ball and that little turn just creating so much space and just getting past oppositions. Yeah. I just see from that game there and and the weird thing is that City played without a lot of the big name players. Yeah, sure. A lot of the big name players did not did not play there. What position exactly did Foden play? Foden started off that the way and the way thing about about with that formation, the only thing from that somebody described that as a double false nine, because De Bruyne was originally in the false nine position. Right. But 
at some moments you would see Foden in the exact same position as, as De Bruyne. Right. You would yeah. see him. You would see De Bruyne and Gunnar actually just actually rotating so fast in that first nine position. It was just it was just so weird to see. And I think that at what the height of what Pep wants, this is what he wants. That yeah, he doesn't want anybody necessarily to be stuck to a position, but rather the interchange and playing. Um, I think that we don't we have not seen enough of Phil Foden this season. And I think that this game showed exactly what he brings to the table yeah. in terms of drive, ability, as well as technical quality and security on the ball now. And look, look, everybody keep talking about that they are Mr. David Silva. And yes, they are right. They are 100% right. They are Mr. David Silva. But I think that that transition could have been dealt with a lot better by Pep, by letting Foden go in ahead and start. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think that I understood to this point, up to this point, how he wanted to keep the reins on, on Foden, make sure not to expose him too early. And we have seen the detriment of that for other players. And I understand why he wants to take his time. But I think that he kind of was going a bit too far with yeah. Foden. I think Foden is ready. I think Foden is more than ready. And look, if anybody asks me, you have no idea how big of a talent I do think that he's top 14 years that is, man. Yeah, and I think that it was definitely on display today again. I guess one of the statistically best defenses in the league. Uh, he really was integral in tearing them apart. And as well as getting KDB back on form. Yeah. Because KDB has been good, but he hasn't been KDB. And that has been also a big part of why they struggled to score. Yeah. You know? On the other hand, Chelsea was, well... I, I, you see, like, I didn't find they had any kind of real incision in the first half. Kante was real poor in this game. That, that game. That was horrible that was from Kante. Yeah, that was. Just seeing that performance from Kante, that was such a shock. Because a lot, a lot of players go as, going as far to say that Kante finish. Yeah. I, I not really subscribe to that yet. But to just have Kante just look confused headless all over the place credit to Sterling because this is the Sterling yeah. that you wanted yeah. I've been here complaining that Sterling not really d- don't drive at defenders anymore and that's when he's at the scariest yeah. he's actually strike fair in defense when he's going to drive at them you, you really cannot predict Sterling and seeing a lot of the counter attack and a lot of players charging forward the energy the energy that, that they showed from Phil to, to Sterling to De Bruyne that just goes to show what Pep wants from the players obviously we know we know Pep, sticking to our Pep tactics is very tiring, but we know if you want to be champions under Pep Guardiola, you need to go through that. Kirk is right, man. Um, other than him, I thought Aspi was really poor. Um, but look, at the end of the day, Aspi is no longer the start. We see why. The truth is that the man don't have the legs to play at this level anymore. And I mean, it's sad. I was a great servant for Chelsea and all of that. But yeah. Um, where does this leave Frank Lampard? Because as we'll get on to Michael Arteta's Mighty Goddess. Uh, he has really seen a change of form in the last couple of weeks. Do you think that he's in any danger at all of being sacked? Hmm. I feel like we all, yeah, you're bringing it back. You bring, had to bring it back to the beginning of the season. And the beginning of the season for Chelsea started in the transfer window. And right. seeing the, the personnel that they brought in, the money spent. This Chelsea team is not far off the likes of Liverpool, City, United, Spurs. They are not far off them. Putting this Chelsea team up against any of them, you expect a, a win or a very tough, a very tough draw. Yeah. With all the players that Frank have, I feel like the only if 
Chelsea fans and the board see this season as a, a disappointment, I feel it have to come down to Frank. Yeah. You cannot you cannot blame the players. You cannot say Chelsea need because look at look at how this Chelsea side it completely changed. Correct. There's no way you could bring this down to blaming it on the players. It has to come down yeah. to the personnel. And I feel like if Chelsea have built a side here that is more irrespective of Frank Lampard rather than directly for him. Yeah. Because I feel like if he's struggling to include everybody that they brought in into his number one side. Because if we're being real, Kai Havertz hasn't worked well. And if you've listened yeah. to this channel before, we've um, done so many hype on Kai Havertz and the talent that he is. But, you know, it hasn't worked out. Uh, a man said in soccer tonight, in 2023, dog, I rebuked that in the name of Jesus. Dog, I'll never come to pass. That man is a gem. That man is he a really gem. is a gem, though. He really is, man. And, oh, dog, we'll get onto that to the time, man. But um, we got my bridge in the side in the covers. Um, so other than that, I think that Frank Lampard is at a very critical part of his managerial career. That at the end of the day, they will look at this season and the way that they were at one point, they were numerically title challengers. Yeah. And now they are three points off of what Arsenal look like to be relegation candidates. That ain't good. That is not good for a 200-plus million-dollar-built squad yeah. in just this summer alone. That isn't good enough. And at some point, they're going to look at things like what Ralph Hasselhoff is doing, yeah. things like what Julian Nagelsmann is doing, and see all these other coaches have less at their feet and doing more. Yeah. I started to think about, well, you know what? It's about time we cut this project short. True. So, yeah, that was good, though. I'm going to clip that. Yeah, that well, next, we can have the Mighty Gutters because you know what, dog? Might as well get to the Arsenal. Uh, three wins on the bounce. They managed to score nine goals for the entire season prior to when Emil Smith Rowe started against Chelsea. They now have eight goals in three games. Um, of that, the Bright Gems coming out of it have got to be, um, of course, Saka, um, God's child himself, Bukayo Saka, and Emil Smith Rowe. And look, I think what happened was, dog, Ateta watching podcast. Ateta watching podcast. He saw that we keep saying he needs a number 10. He needs somebody to link the midfield to the attack, the intricate movement. Somebody to help the runners move the ball along and that kind of stuff. And sure, dog, we never said it had to be Ozil, but you had to get somebody in that role. Yeah. And he went into the academy and he got my boy, Emil Smith Rowe. The man has been playing fantastic. Do I think this is sustainable? It's really hard to tell. He has had a lot of injury concerns in the past, and the truth is, I have worries about that because, like, he got a little knock against West Brom, and I got really worried because he spent already in his young career lengthy time on the sidelines. For those who don't know, two years ago, he went on loan to Leipzig. Yes, RB Leipzig, and he barely played. It didn't even matter. He, it didn't matter that he went now because he wasn't even fit. And there's a bit of worry, especially now that we're in the January transfer window where you can't get players, that... There's going to be this overwhelming burden on him to be the one that holds this Arsenal attack together. He's helped getting Alexander Lacazette back in form, which I did not think was even possible. Um, he's helped unlock Bukayo Saka's right winger, who I did not think was even a position that I considered him in. But now he's looking brilliant there. And all of a sudden, Arsenal again, three points off for Chelsea. And all of a sudden, the race for the top four, it don't look that far away. I mean... The table on the whole is crazy. United are in first. Good grief, I actually said that. 
United are in first and they are still at 10 points off United and it's not even halfway through the season yet. You know? think, and I just say that, think about how close that is. And bringing it down to, to Ateta, we know that a lot change in, in a week time for Arsenal. A lot, yeah. a lot, a lot change. And right now, realistically, for any manager, you have to work with what you have. Mm-hmm. January, transfer, win, transfer, transfer windows are not supposed to be the first priority. You work with what you have. We'll always create, I'll always create Ateta because Ateta is someone who would always utilize youth product. Right. We saw, you know, he we, we could see he enjoy using Saka a lot. You know, he, well, he have the other the, uh, other youths enjoy. Mm-hmm. But we always saw the youths, other youths playing, but we always saw Smith Road not getting any any game time really. Yeah. And that has always been a question mark because we have seen Smith Road play. Yeah. And the man has a talent. Definitely is. The man is the man is a talent. This Arsenal team right now, you're not going to be ex- be expecting no big title push. Yeah. But you have a lot of young personnel on this team that have fight, have hunger, have drive. And when you look yeah. when you look around, you're seeing all the lazy movements. We saw Abamyang struggling, everybody around him not really I sh- That didn't look good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's still, yeah, but it's a little behind. <laughs> oh, that is terrible. That is, hey, you know what? Dog? I'm plugging from charging. <laughs> lol. <laughs> lol. Yeah, we had some technical difficulties, guys. It happens. It happens. It happens. But yes, as I said, as I said. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that looked real funny though, that funny. Yeah, that's quality though. As I said, I, I, I have these young personnel that we know he get the best out of them. And people were quick to talk about Sak Ateta. Yeah. Ateta is, you had to give man just time. And realistically, the, the amount of time it took Ateta to figure things out. Yeah, give, give him credit to that. A lot of managers would take much longer to figure things out in the short space of time Ateta did. Yeah, and I mean, like, looking forward now, you know, when we look at um, the kind of fixtures that Arsenal have coming up, it looks like a lot of them are winnable fixtures. You know, when you think about it's Crystal Palace next, then it's Newcastle, then it's Southampton, who clearly is not an easy fixture as Liverpool in today, and then it's United. Yeah, that is thing. You know, you never know where in four weeks where we could talk about Arsenal possibly being in the table. Um, I would not encourage anybody to get too excited because at the end of the day, you know, we're resting these hopes on a bunch of young players. And what we do see with a lot of them, like people are experiencing with Greenwood now, that people wanted to put the entire world at his feet last season, is that young players, guess what, go through a lot of inconsistency before they find comfortability at this level. Mm-hmm. And people need to learn that. I'm not ready to pin all these hopes on Saka and Emil Smith. Although what I would say for Saka is that what has impressed me the most about him is not just his technical ability, not just how good he is on the ball and his work rate and his um, versatility, is his consistency. Um, that since he's broken out, I can't say that he's ever had an actual poor game. I've seen games where he's been tired, but I've never seen him have an actual poor game. And I think yeah. that is extremely unique at somebody who's still a teenager, you know? Um, speaking about them, and we'll go straight to them. 
Southampton in the first minute scored today against Liverpool as Danny Ings ended up a little run of no goals with five games. <laughs> wow, so bad. Um, but he's been so amazing, though. Yeah. He really has been, though. He really has. Do you, uh, this is real off topic, though, but would you take him to the Euros? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like the option of having having Ings there, you know, Ings, Ings honestly don't feel like don't just feel like just a target man to me. Yeah, he, he feels, is, he yeah, feels he feels much more, and I feel like if things not going England way with having Kane on top, I feel like he'll be perfect to just throw in there. Fair enough, totally agree. Um, they lost today, mm-hmm. uh, and it's three games in a row now where Liverpool haven't looked that good. They haven't. They've dropped points to West Brom. They drop points to Newcastle, and now they drop points to Southampton. All three of which teams that they thought they should have been winning against. Um, just a little set of stat for you guys is that this at this juncture last season, um, Liverpool had attained a total of forty-nine out of fifty-one points. Yeah, now they're behind Manchester United. Life comes at you fast, That's man. Um, and the point being is that, look, I told everybody last season though, that what they were doing was unsustainable and that they got so lucky when it comes to injuries. And when I mean mm-hmm. come lucky with injuries, Virgil, I don't necessarily just mean tiredness and way and tear in the dog. As in lucky that it takes challenges from people like what um, Van Dyke did from Pickford and many others like that. It's again going to tackles and headers and whatnot that people haven't been sustaining injuries. Yeah. And now they are literally all coming at once to the point where Jordan Henderson, who isn't even a good defender, has to be played centre-back. Yeah. You know? And the goal that wasn't necessarily his fault today, but he, he could have definitely tell he was that comfortable in position. And Southampton definitely had more than one chance to score. You know, especially it had this one where Allison flew off his line yeah. and the man under-hit it before it went into the goal. But yeah, that being said, what are the concerns for Liverpool right now? A lot of it's only until last it's only until the season before season before last. It always had this champions curse, remember? Remember when that was a thing? the champion the champion the next season would always struggle. And that's why, not to be biased, you have to give a lot of credit to Man City for holding for holding such pressure on the top of the table for two seasons straight. Coming up with a hundred with a, a hundred and ninety-six points, hundred and ninety-seven points, no ninety-eight, hundred and ninety-eight points. Looking at Liverpool now, we see that as you said, the injuries starting to creep up. All this would mm-hmm. come from tightness. We know Klopp is playing a very heavy metal football. And this is gonna be tough for anybody. Yeah. It's gonna be tough. And we know just think of all that on top of the on top of the factor that when you are champions, you have a target on your back. Yeah. Everybody comes out, no matter who, from look at previous season, everyone comes out and gives a hundred and ten percent against the champions. So for this Liverpool side to this wounded Liverpool side to be coming out week in, week out, with all these little injury crises they have. In the prime, when teams smell blood, they're going to attack. Yeah, a lot of teams are going to attack. Uh, that's that's where the, the fourth was at, at Wolves where everybody was surprised yeah. no, at Leicester. When everyone was surprised when Liverpool had such Liverpool was such a weakened team mm-hmm. and Leicester showed them so much respect and end up losing the game 3 0. Everyone right now, teams are smelling blood and look at and it just so fitting in the next two games, Liverpool next two games. I can't remember who they're playing, but then after it, no, yes. no, 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 they're not playing next. Their next game is Man United. Liverpool next game is Manchester United. Mm-hmm. And you cannot expect this Manchester United team. Say whatever you want about Manchester United. 
we know they are going to they are going to turn up. This is a, this is a big match, Manchester United versus Liverpool. This is going to be a very tough task for Liverpool. Agreed, man. Agreed, totally agreed, man. Um, I think that a lot of dog tried to give away the ball today times today though. It was a record actually. Yeah, uh not one assist though. It was actually kinda of funny. Uh but yeah, as we said the title the table is as close as ever. And would it be Manchester United if it didn't have any controversy involving their win? When they won two one against uh Aston Villa, where Paul Pogba decided to kick himself in the back of his foot in order to win a penalty, which enabled them to win the game. Yeah. Um I dog at this point I just I stopped I stopped, I stopped yeah, trying to make yeah. sense United games though because if we be real and if people are ready to be honest about Manchester United, is that they don't play that well. They have these spurts of individual quality instead of the team playing a certain tactic or play to a certain style and then in the games that they don't work out like that we either see poor officiated poor finishing by the opposition both of which enables them to win the game and that's the sad reality of it we saw it here today another example look at that brighton game brighton didn't want to score another example look at our west ham game west ham didn't want to score another example look at our west Brom game west Brom get denied a penalty and then was gifted and then united was gifted a penalty like two minutes later it's been happening, dog. It's been happening. A lot of this weekend, I talk with a lot of people who've been on the fence with that whole Paul Pogba decision. I know a lot of United, a lot of United fans were talking to me about, or oh, how, how, looking at it from real time, you have to expect run at such at momentum. If a man is to touch you, mm-hmm. you will it did bounce happen. And we understand that, but realist, realistically, Paul, the size of Paul Pogba and the size of Douglas Louise and that momentum they were going at i not i kind of break down on it but to me in my from my view that just that to look to for the referee to sit down and look at the back the, the angle from behind yeah we saw we saw the referee's replay and from the call that that's yeah cool. that, that's that rough though i find that is, i find that was real tough on him man though that's tough to call that nah that's that's crazy but but you know, but you know what they say. They say they say winning penalties now is a skill. So yeah, you had to give United credit. United have a lot of players with that skill. <laughs> Kirk is right though. At the same time, you know, Aston Villa had chances at the trade away again yeah. and sticking to what we've been seeing. And yeah, at the end, of the day, look, I don't know how they reached there. And look, I as an, an analyst would love to be able to tell you guys, hey, you know what? United have so and so plan that we just may not like it, but it is a plan, and this is how they reach it up the table. That isn't the case, man. I can't I can't explain how they've reached here other than you know Bruno is a phenomenal player dog. We definitely know that for sure. And with help from other players at moments in time, they might show win games and they here. I know just how like, here, but just here. like right now, you know United fans are talking about it now. They won't they don't care. They won't care about you know how how it has so much more games to play. The only thing I will just say credit for them. They 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 won. It's, it's you have to you have to win what games in front of you. Mm-hmm. But for those listening, think about it. What is United's playing style? United do not have a playing style. What is United's playing style really? Mm-hmm. There's no set way. You can't. You look at Liverpool. You know Liverpool playing style. You know City. You know Arsenal playing style. You know Spurs. You know Wolves playing style. Yeah. What is United? What is United's playing style? But we'll see if they could if they could um keep the pressure on top of the table. We'll see what, what United could do. No, I'm not able. I can't. <laughs> I cannot. Uh, I cannot. 
Oh my goodness, I really cannot talk. Hey, on that note, Spurs actually managed to rip apart this lead side. Um, they tore up the bits. Now that first half could have been a lot more. Mesley and Coho were on crack in the back line. And yeah, Spurs had a really routine victory. And yeah, that wraps up about all the big teams in the league for the Premier League. Uh, you know, we go across the other leagues because... We had some records being broken, so therefore, what better place to start than the Syria, uh, where Romelu Lukaku became the fastest scorer to um, 50 goals for Inter, beating legend himself, Ronaldo Nazario, um, by seven games, in fact. And look, I think uh, he said this about two, three months ago, that he thinks he's a top five striker in the world. I continue to endorse that sentiment. He is literally doing the biggest carry job in the Serie right now. Even bigger than Zlatan doing on AC. And towing this either side through this title race. And I have no idea where they will be without them. I have no idea if Antonio Conte would have still been a job without him. And that being said, they won again this weekend. Um, Virgil, as somebody who has inclinations towards AC Milan, are you scared about what Lukaku very, can do? Very scared. From just see, from just seeing that game, so now just taking that thing for a little bit and seeing they put six pass, six, they put six goals pass. You're seeing this this inter team. If last if last season was in their time, it is very hard to overlook into this season. Inter look like they just outfit. Yeah. For me, for the top of the table, everyone will always, everyone looking back, you know, everyone giving credit to Milan for being top of the table. Haven't seen Milan up there in a very long while. But you can't overlook in this interside. This interside is just steamrolling through the league right now. And hmm, I just say, Lukaku, Lukaku leading, leading the, the front line. We have a lot of players coming and and Conte right now. There's one point behind you. Yeah, it's one, just one point. And yeah, speaking about AC Milan, they managed to win 2-0 this weekend despite the red card, Kese and Leao. One of the score sheets, Sandro Tonali. Don't think has not kicked off for Tonali yeah, so far AC. And I mean, to be fair, it isn't. it wasn't so much totally down to him, mm-hmm. but more so down to the fact that Kese and Ben Asar have been basically on drop of world. Yeah. You know? And when you look high up the pitch, you know, it's hard to include them to even midfield trio because then you have Hakan. The man, Chalanoglu, dog. I see United like, link with him. And I actually wonder, who does who scouting at United, dog? Like, how many left-sided slash attacking midfield players do you need at your club, yeah. dog? Like, do they not see a whole Donny sitting on the bench? Do they not see that some guys Rashford had a bloody right wing because they are not accommodate somebody on the left wing? Yeah, it don't make, I mean, it don't make sense, you know? It don't make any kind of sense. But, anyways, we're here for that. And other than that, Napoli ran a 4-1 winners as well as UV did and Ronaldo got his score sheet twice again. And as we said before, the title race is 100% heating up as they ran out to UV being 4th in the table, 15th in the table right now at 37 points. Then you have oh, both them and Napoli above them have a game in hand above the teams above them with 28 on Napoli, Roma and 30 where the retirement front three is continue to eat <laughs> off this league, dog. Victor, Victor. Dog, I have no idea how Jeco, Pedro, and Invicatarian is managing to, to carry a title charge in 2020, no, Victor, Those who, who follow in the Italian league, realistically, look at Roma. Just taking Roma games. It is very hard to understand. This Roma team just put no, them in reborn, nowhere. Dog. Them in, you Them in is 10 years younger. Now, to be fair, Chekhov has never slowed down. Like, never. 
He's so underrated, though. Jacko is so underrated. I maintain that he's probably the most underrated player of his generation, though. But, yeah, though. I don't understand. I dog like, if Oliver just play FIFA, though, Oliver would know every other week. Make it tired. Have I informed? Come on, And your mind is busted. Yes, colors be busted. Like, how, though? Other than that, in town, 36 points, and there's a small gap between them and Roma. And then, obviously, there's AC Milan, who is yet to lose a game this season. In first place, other than that, we go to the Bundesliga, and you know, at this point, we just kind of try and move it really quickly. Wolfsburg lost 2 0 to Dortmund as Cheda Sancho finally finds back a bit of form as he scored and assisted in this game. Um, Cheda Sancho mind hasn't really looked like it has been at Dortmund, but do you see any kind of possibility that Cheda Sancho could leave the um German club in the January transfer window? In January, I, I find it would be very hard to see him leave in January. But I just say it for his mind right now, his mind has been has been away from, from Dortmund before. I would always say that how Sancho, he knew for a fact he wanted to leave Dortmund. Yeah. He just would just sit down weighing up his options. A lot of the only team really linked with him. And I always come down to say, it's at a point in time where, where more teams will link with Sancho. And Sancho probably hesitated right now because... He just seeing if he could get if he could manage a, a much better deal right now. Right. And he in poor position right now to sit down and see if this United team looks good, if and some if a new suitor comes in. Yeah. But right now we know and we know from everything from how Dortmund was, you know, trying to to to, to block the gates from, from that move happening. You know, right now, Dortmund, Dortmund too thinking about it as well. Dortmund flew with the idea. Yeah, because now they have Gio Reno, who's in such yeah. good form and they have well they were playing with a kind of three forward formation and with that he was playing Royce Jury you know and Haaland and they kinda had Sancho as an aftermath. And youth man they, they might sign in January too. I a youth man call call um call Jalen Braff. That youth man. Ah, I can't look at him. Another another man from Man City. But this time Man City oh, But this time Man City sense. This time Man City Look trying to pull a bike back close Because I tell hey, you This is well intelligent move This is mad Real bad But realistically Hey do you think though That given Mara's Like a form Bernardo Silva Like a form That Jada Sancho Could be once again On Man City's radar I have been seeing that Mara's the journey man Mara's already win everything In, in England mm-hmm. If Mara's wants to leave You can't fight him You want to bring Sancho in yeah. All right, forget that, dog. Cheetah Sancho, my brother, dog, when somebody actually puts out sense in the and listen to this podcast, dog, call Cheetah Blemen to accept a little cash plus Pepe deal, dog. Okay. Uh, come on, rock it at the end, five with the dog, them. Yeah, you, know, you, 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 you know, you know, you know, you know, London you too. Exactly. Exactly. Now we, we know, because Who wants to we go know. in rainy Manchester, dog, when you could come up to London? I mean, dog, actually, England going into lockdown, dog, so <laughs> nobody really going to lie, anyway. But I mean, it better in London now, you know, and nobody want to go to Chelsea. It's not too much people there already. Um, we keep it moving. Uh, stayed in the Bundesliga. Bayern managed to run off five two winners after they were losing two 0 at halftime, and it looked like they were about to, you know, crumble at halftime. And then you know, Bayern actually woke up. Leroy Sané and Kimmich got the first two, and then Nicolas Sula and two from Lewandowski rounded off. And in the other. Title challenges deals as that Leverkusen lost 2 1 to Frankfurt. Live saying Manchester are 1 0 winners. I'm watching Gladbach as well. And that leaves the standing at the beginning of the new year as Bayern Munich are hit first with 33 points. Are we live saying a second with 31? Leverkusen are third with 28. And Dortmund made it up to um, fourth with 25. Uh, we go into La Liga where obviously there's a bit more interest in that. 
And this weekend, Real Madrid and Barcelona both actually managed to win. I can't remember the last time, Virgil, we came here to do a show and both Real Madrid and Barcelona won in the same weekend. That's true, you know. It has always been, it's always been some, some weird thing happening with one of, the, one of them, you know. Um, when we look at the scores this weekend, uh, Real Madrid ran out 2-0 when it was Celta Vigo, Luca, Lucas Vazquez and Marco Asensio. Two names that unfortunately don't pop up on the score sheet as much as they probably would like uh, were the winners. Uh, Luis Suarez with a big carry job this weekend as he helped Atletico Madrid with a goal and assist. A 90th minute goal, by the way, to win 2-1 away to Alaves. And lastly, Barcelona won away to Huesca as Frankie de Jong scored and that was the sole goal of the game. Uh, when we look back at the table again, it looks like this should be Atletico Madrid. Yeah, they are two points ahead of Real Madrid, who are in second, as well as have two games in hand. Obviously, you rather have the games played. But technically speaking, if they go on to win, hypothetically rather, if they go on to win those two games, we're looking at that eight-point gap. It makes it big, yeah. And I think that this Atletico team has been playing really well, I think, with Joe Felix, Marcos Llorente, and Luis Suarez to win the carry. And in terms of the attack, they have managed to put together a very much wicked system to complement the already defensive solidarity that is established under yeah. Diego Simeone. You know, um, granted that they do win the title, do you think that these players would stay here or do you see them looking to venture on? Not that, mostly, mostly Joe Felix. Hmm. I feel like I, I feel like yeah I feel like if they if they do manage to, to win the league and see that how things looking are looking out for the league on a whole, I feel like for them majority of them majority of them will stay. Don't get me wrong, a lot of them might will be tempted for moves away, and mm-hmm. all that comes down to which teams look to come at them and how well they could persuade them. But we know getting the league done, majority people after the league is always understandable. After winning the league, we want to push for Champions League. Yeah. And we know Atletico have so much unfinished business when it comes to the Champions League, obviously being enough being in a final de- themselves. And we know with the personal they they have we're not tight with all we're not tight to all they will do is just boost the confidence. How does it be like boy, to be in the Champions League? <laughs> I don't know. No, right, right, right now is I mean to be I fair, they know. draw Chelsea and I'm not saying this because of Chelsea recent form. I said this at the draw. I do think that that is a way better draw for Atletico than it is for Chelsea. It is. I, I, I don't think Chelsea are favourites to go through that even uh, with all concern in current form, just based on squad ability. Like, I keep seeing that unless they have Hakim Ziyech on form and being able to create for others, then this team is a dud. Like, Werner is so average. Though. Good grief, though. You have, you have, you have given Werner so much chance. I, to get to get into to, to Werner and Frank playing style, that's going to be... That's, yeah. that's too much. Uh, I think we can wrap it up there, guys. Uh, just under 35 minutes. Uh, thanks, guys, for joining. As usual, we'll be here right through. Um, I will really try to start up on more content onto the YouTube as well. So, obviously, just keep everything as... You know, keep as much content floating out there as possible. We have two articles coming this week. One of them, which would be five youngsters to expect a breakout in 2021, as well as the best 11 for the year of 2020, as we put to our close what has been a really interesting year, to say the least. Uh, thanks, guys, for joining. And yeah, catch you guys next time. See you soon. Take it easy. Later. Later, guys.